0: SIN acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the house of SIN and studio stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. SIN also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands of our our content reaches, as well as the studio nations we broadcast from across the country.
1: You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, SIN's place for all things sex, health, relationships and identity. So, 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 skinless.
2: Hello everybody listening to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. I'm Paul. We're joined here by Michaela, Erin and Elisa.
0: Hi. Hi, (laughs) Hi. what's going on?
2: We have a very, very special episode today. Uh, We've been talking a lot through the year about sex, relationships all that jazz now it's time to get into the more nitty-gritty important stuff and that's your health your brain
0: particularly <laughs> of the mental kind yeah
2: particularly of the mental kind your brain health it's how a your brain's ticking super
1: important thing how your talk tics talking talk about how you're going yeah how you going
2: how you can feel good and things like that because there's nothing more important in a relationship or with your sexuality than your brain And how your mental health is feeling.
1: Sure. To start things off, before we get into it, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Erin. I'm a 19-year-old bisexual cis girl, and I am in a relationship.
3: Sweet. I'm Michaela. I'm 22, a cis female heterosexual, and currently single.
2: Uh, I'm Paul, as I said before, Uh, 20 years old. Uh, I'm a cis white male. Uh, my sexual orientations, whatever and I'm in a relationship.
1: Can we coin that? Can we yeah. just coin that?
2: Sure. I, yeah, it's whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is, so it's just whatever.
0: That's literally like how I feel as well. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so worry. That's what I say to everyone. I'm like, I don't do a label, even though I kind of do. Um, so <laughs> if I was to, instead of you know doing what Paul just bravely did, I would say that my name is Lisa. I'm 23 years old. Um, I'm a cisgendered bisexual female. But, you know, fluid, fluidity, that kind of thing. (laughs) Super duper. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So now you know
1: us and we'd love to know a little bit about you. So if you have any questions for us at all, you just want to chat, you can send them into thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. You can chat to us on Twitter as well at Naughty Rude. Shall we jump into a tune?
2: I think so. Let's go.
1: Yeah, cool. This is Better by Morat and this is Naughty Rude here on Cine Nation.
2: Welcome back to the Naughty Road here on Sin Nation. We had a bit of a double better lineup there. We had better by Morat first up and bitter better by Jess Locke. And now it's time to talk about a few, like, tips on, on mental health because you can't just sort of go through life without having a few little tricks of the trade with your mental health. So I think a lot of the time mental health's a really hard Topic uh, to tackle, Um, and it should be something that we like should be talking about all the time.
1: I think people, yeah, like as you said, Paul, it's a bit hard sometimes because I think people get scared by seeing that big mental health, mental health. Like it sounds scary because is there something wrong with me? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's the automatic thought. But um, in reality, your mental health is just as important as your physical health, your emotional health, your social health. It's just another part of your makeup. Because
2: I think sometimes you can't even have the physical health and social health without the mental health. It's like sure. a, like a triangle of things, like they'll have to be balanced at some point.
1: Mm. So what does... We want to have a chat, and if you would like to contribute at all to this conversation and let us know what you think, you can send in your thoughts to thenaughtyridgeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. And um, we are going to be talking about mental health, obviously. So if... That is something that does concern you. You're welcome to step away for a couple hours and come back, or if you just need some support in the meantime, we've got Lifelines for you. We've got one three one 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 four for Lifeline, one eight hundred five five one eight hundred for Kids Helpline, one 527 for Q Life, and also one three hundred two two four six three six for Beyond Blue. And um, we'll be sharing those out on the social medias as well if you didn't catch them. So. Yeah, those are there for your support at absolutely any time but we want to know what does mental health mean to you guys what does mental health mean to you
0: I think that it's just whatever makes you feel comfortable Um, I think that um, happiness for some is a very it's sort of like a difficult thing that can be achieved like it's it's not just like a straight and narrow path you know this is equals happiness or that equals happiness um and obviously life's one massive journey anyway and as is your mental health so I think that however you feel comfortable and however you feel you know safe and whatever those are the sort of words that we need to be throwing around a lot more
1: yeah for Mm -hmm. sure
2: I think I think in cases mental health is sort of like a balance of things, as I was saying before, with sort of the triangle thing, it's like a sort of kind of mental balance of sorts, and there's just sometimes in... lots of people experience lots of different times when that balance is just a bit off. Yeah. Um, but literally sometimes, with lots of mental health problems can, you know, arise from hormonal uh, imbalances and things like that, especially with um, depression and some other mental health things like that. So I think... A lot of the time having a good mental health just having literally a good balance of uh hormones and also a good balance of things in life as well agreed Uh, and when that balance sort of tips over again literally and in real life you know uh some problems might arise
0: Mm.
2: i think
3: yeah i agree with both of those um with myself but would be interested to know um With your mental health, are there things that you do in particular to either maintain or um, kind of adjust that balance with yourself and within your life? Um, What things do you draw on when you're not having such a good time as well? I would be interested to know your thoughts. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, mine, um, I recently bought a bike. A bicycle. i bicycle. Um, I'm, a, I'm a young lady um, in her 20s that doesn't own a driver's license. Um, so it was about time I got around to it and I didn't realize the impact that it would have on my mental health when I got it. Um, I've got a friend who sort of sits in the same category as me, sort of mental health-wise, um, and she got one as well. And we've just been going on these massively long rides together and just... It's just done such wonders for me. Just, like, something as simple as that is... Literally, it's it's Most of it is really just getting out of the house to do something that's mm-hmm. not, you know, running an errand or doing a food shop or doing mm-hmm. something that I have to do. I'm just doing it. And because it's a bike, I'm getting out further than, you know, my walking sort of zone allows me to. Mm-hmm. So that's been really nice for me personally.
2: Yeah. yeah, that sort of helps with, like, experiencing new things as well. Yeah. Because you can finally, like...
0: Little you know, bike get, lanes and yeah, stuff—it's so and, fun. Yeah,
2: you can experience new places as well that you probably wouldn't walk to.
0: Definitely, or something like that. Even this morning, I would just—we um, went down like under the um, Westgate Bridge and stuff, and I was like, I didn't even know that you could. Wait, you can could, bike under the dude, Westgate people Bridge? People can go there. little City Trail. Get yeah. On it. What? Yeah, yeah, they have like park benches. People having picnics under
1: the bridge. That's our next excursion, Paul.
2: <laughs> under the Westgate Bridge. <laughs>
1: Literally, there's a go-kart track there too. What? Yeah, there is so much to do there it's crazy
2: wow. <laughs> oh that's amazing
1: so but as well as traveling like you're exercising you're pumping yeah, yeah. yeah you're pumping hormones, um,
2: endorphins that's what people keep so telling endorphins me endorphins so the one yeah,
1: yeah and it's just gonna make you feel good like as as much of a drag as exercise can be like trust me I absolutely loathe exercise it can really be <laughs> like helpful in just getting your head in a good space if you're feeling in the shits like I know going for a walk even just like a light walk is something that helps me a lot of the time hmm um Eating well, yes. Eating well, a hundred percent. Not very good at it, but when I do eat well, I'm like, wow, I'm going to do this all the time. hundred <laughs> percent.
2: Tomorrow, uh, the next meal, you're eating a burger or something. Yeah, you had a salad for lunch.
0: Well, yeah, <sighs> that's Guilty. how it works. Right? We talk about balance. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I guess for me, exercise is definitely a thing. Uh, the things I like to I like to again with the balance like mashing things together really helps exercise and music is really helpful as well especially if you've got like a really good tune on while you're Mm. doing exercise is fun but uh, mostly music sort of my thing that helps me with my mental health Uh, not only listening to it making some as well is good fun it's a good sort of way to relax and chill out and get that balance because I think uh, in the similar way that exercise does I think music it pumps a lot of hormones into your body as well, yeah, in a sort of way. So it's really, really good to chuck on a, a happy tune or a sad tune uh, in certain, certain moods. Music um,
0: gives you the physical yeah. feels anyway. Yeah, at the end of the day. So yeah,
1: I think it doesn't have to be music either. It can be just a thing that you enjoy, like a hobby or any recreational activity, like, find yeah. your thing.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, I've recently done a really good thing for my mental health, better than buying a bike, cleaning up my social media. Oh, my God, oh. And, like, oh, yes. really cleaning it up. Oh, I mean, no, that's like, it.
2: That's it. That was that's what key. I was trying to think of. That, that was the, the key.
0: Media. Um, I deleted the Facebook and Twitter apps off my phone. I have both still got both of my accounts but the fact that I have to go into this sounds so silly and millennial the <laughs> fact that I have to go into safari and you know type in facebook and da, 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 it just mm. takes it away and you're not getting notifications and you have to actually because it's not staring at you on your screen you have to actually remember oh I want to I want to check facebook today I can go three days without it sometimes yeah wow well, yeah. yeah I need that do it definitely I mean that willpower and also <laughs> just getting rid of all the people that kind of like you see them and you're like oh, you know
2: yeah totally do it
0: just do it you've, honestly you've got nothing to lose unless maybe it's your, your boss or something but like I oh, think
1: yeah maybe you work with them co- yeah <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> maybe
0: you've got nothing to lose most of the time <laughs> um, yeah.
1: talking to people is super helpful too absolutely Spend, spending time with people that you appreciate and you mm-hmm. like a lot they can always lift your mood People who appreciate you. yeah, more importantly, people that care about you and make you feel good about yourself because if you're feeling down and like you feel like you're, you're not getting that love that you need from yourself, you know you can always look outwards and see like look to people who might be able to show you what are, what are the good things about you why, why is it worth getting out of bed today? Why, yeah. yeah, why should you keep going? I feel, I feel like
2: sometimes that sort of maybe sadder or sort of demeanor is visible as well. With lots of people, and it, you know, if you're hanging out with the right people, they're going to be like, "Yo, what's up?"
0: Yeah, mm. they're
2: going to call you out, well, not call you out on your emotions, <laughs> but you know, they're going to be like, "What's, what's going, going on? on?" Let's have a chat. What's up? Talk to me.
0: And if you know something quite serious is going on, and they still know that something's wrong, they can obviously, you know, tactfully, hopefully, find the resources to you know help you out yeah. in that instance. So yes, yeah, surrounding yourself with good people is a good decision.
2: And but yeah, if you're sort of in a group of friends and they're not once being like. What's going on when you're clearly showing signs of you know not mm-hmm. being very happy? Then it's you know maybe time to reconsider that friendship. Yeah, maybe.
1: But also maybe thing you don't, maybe don't expect people to read your mind either. No, that's maybe, true. Maybe um, if you are feeling down and you you need just a bit of extra support, then you know tap a friend on the shoulder and be like, hey, I just wanted to let you know this is how I feel. Or maybe you know if you're able to, this is what's on my mind. This is how it's making me feel. Like, and you know people are
0: sometimes if some friends are good confidence and others are just a good shoulder to mm. lean on and and I don't think you know people are not vampires I don't think they can turn off their humanity so if someone yeah. is reaching out to them and they are your friend yeah, yeah. nine and a half million times out of ten they're mm. gonna support you yeah and like, in some way
2: ch- chances are also if they didn't notice your demeanor and you tell them they're going to they're gonna be like really apologetic and yeah. be like, oh, sorry, I didn't notice. Like, yeah. maybe I'm having an, an off day too. And then you can be like, oh, let's talk about it together or something like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Nothing better than crying
2: with a friend. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
3: anything else, guys? Any last tips? Um, uh, one that always is sort of a marker for me, I find nature. Yeah. yeah. Nature. I like, it's something I sort of discovered throughout high school and have often neglected in the years since, is getting out into, I don't know, a part of the world that I don't walk through every day, that's not the city, that is some green, <laughs> and I can look around and explore some things and bring back that sense of wonder and curiosity that I have about the world, mm. which um, is is something that I find really core to myself and to my being is my curiosity. Um, and taking that moment, that stillness to appreciate the world around you and your place in this world and whatever that wherever you fit in that you have a a place that is yours and a purpose as well um and noticing that the world operates in the way it does because of everything in it i always find is a really important thing for myself to remember Mm. um it's grounding yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. i think a favorite thing to do is like when it's when you're out of the city and you can see the stars at night yes and you can just see like all the way around the world and you're like oh okay cool so my house seems big to me but then like <laughs> how much sky is above me <laughs> like Alone. how insignificant but then how magical that I have created this world around me of people yeah. that is so important to me
1: also, Yeah, so yeah beautiful. <laughs>
2: if you're unable to get on that out of the house chuck on some David Attenborough as well
4: <laughs> yes. um,
2: it's really good also I think having his voice is really relaxing I it's feel so as well soothing. so it's not even like you're seeing nature as well because nature can be so, so soothing as well but also having him you know take you through this educational journey as well that's really character building I feel that <laughs> this isn't a joke I'm dead serious <laughs> no, by the know, way I know, I
0: no it's it. just really relatable <laughs> I feel that in my soul I went to his <laughs> seminar I went to his four hour long oh, seminar did you really? at the start of the year it was beautiful oh. yeah Talk uh, about the reasons to get out of freak. bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <David laughs> we well, just be
1: a <laughs> <laughs> You got me with that one. That's the hook. Um, thank you, guys, for sharing no all of your tips. Thank you. And um, if you have any tips for us, maybe things that you like to do that we haven't mentioned, you can send them into the forward slash ask. But until then, we're going to head over to a song. Oh, no. Oh, I'm oh sorry. No. What? Everyone, hold on tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's an emotional one. It's going to be okay. This is Liability by Lord. No. <gasps> no. No. And this is Naughty Rude on Sin Nation.
2: Welcome back to the Naughty Rude show here on Sin Nation. That was some Alex Leahy with I Haven't Been Taking Care of Myself. And before that, we had the devastating Liability by Lord. Uh, you're joined by Michaela, Paul, and Lisa. And Aaron. Oh no. And we're. Uh, Taking all your questions on mental health and such things. Uh, this question, very, very timely, because this movie has just been plugged onto uh, Netflix as very recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Silver Linings Playbook recently and was kind of weirded out by the film's portrayal of mental health. What movies portray mental health poorly, in your opinion, and what movies do it right? Is the question.
4: Well,
0: I can't remember Silver Linings Playbook too well, but I did see the first 20 minutes of it the other day when Mm -hmm. my housemates were watching it and i was kicked off for some reason and i and i walked out of the room i said this movie's crap
2: yeah so so for (laughs) people who haven't watched silver linings playbook um it's what earned jennifer lawrence her first oscar or something Mm -hmm. um but it but it's about mostly about what is his name from the hangover Bradley Bradley
3: Cooper. Cooper. (laughs) What's his name Uh, from that movie
2: um, with the thing? Bradley Cooper dealing with a case of, I believe it is, bipolar disorder after having a very traumatic experience with an ex-wife and then the whole movie is sort of his delusion of him wanting to get back with this ex-partner and the whole his family sort of being like oh so sad having a son who has mental health problems and things like that and then he falls uh has starts a relationship with jennifer lawrence who also suffers from a sort of similar mental uh health disorder and the whole sort of film is this really toxic um, manic pixie dream girl sort of Uh. storyline of oh you have mental health too it's so kooky that we're both (laughs) really sick together isn't that great and they start um, learning how to dance together because that's their sort of um, that that is good it's their sort of as we were talking before their sort of trick of the trade of dealing with their mental health problems but also it is very much like isn't it so kooky that we're both very sick in lots of cases so that's not a very good representation of mental health—that's sort of what we're talking about—and that sort of right. poor representation.
1: Um, the one that comes to my mind is *Split*, and I, I just remember I had a really, really profound reaction to that film when I watched it, and I felt sick to my stomach for whatever reason. And I think it might have been environmental factor, because there was the whole thing of the character. What was the character's name? Do you guys I don't remember? Know, but it's
0: James McAvoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's,
2: <laughs> love a bit of James McAvoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I thought I said his name wrong. I was like, no. (laughs)
1: Um, No, but there's, like, a scene where he he is, like, moving between characters or whatever Mm. and he's, like, jumping back and forth. And it's super intense and, like, you know, close-ups, dramatic music. It's supposed to be a dramatic moment. And everyone in the cinema was, like, laughing. Yeah. Oh, but it's that's the very, public for you.
2: It's a very sort of strange representation of split personality disorder. Yeah,
1: because he just, like, would go from this, like, small child to a murderous... Well, it's it's person, very much like...
2: M. Night Shyamalan's representation oh, yeah. of mental health because he thinks, oh, a split personality, oh, they must wear costumes every time It was, it was different, like, characters, episode. literally. Yeah. Was it, like,
0: psycho-inspired? Mm. Like, that kind of, like, wears but his it's mom's like, kind of, because I haven't seen it. And then they,
2: like, turned it into a superhero movie. It's, like, his yeah, power or something. that's why I was something. angry, I remember now.
0: That's why it's I was angry. Because so like, towards
1: the end, they um, just, oh.
2: It's supposed to link up to another M. Night Shyamalan film yeah. where it's all about superheroes, and it's like what? oh spoilers whatever it came out a year ago <laughs> i haven't seen it but whatever it's supposed to link up to like another superhero movie so it's like implying that his mental disability is, like, a
1: superpower oh. of some kind. Well, because he turns into, like, this, like, demonic being Like in the Carrie end. Like with he, her depression and stuff, and then she gets yeah. telekinesis. Yeah, a, a bit more, like, extreme. It literally morphed into, like, a, a super strong animalistic
0: being towards the end and, like, started throwing shit. And I was like, what? Oh, that's real.
1: Like, like no, <laughs> you
0: know, you know what actually should have been the telling factor for me that this movie was a no go. My mum liked it. Okay, uh. yeah,
1: <laughs> that's always that's a always cool. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah, but
2: that
1: was my that was my no go.
2: Um, what what really annoys me with it's the films like Silver Linings Playbook, not so much Split, is the sort of teen mm. movies and shows that represent mental health in mm-hmm. you know sort of problematic and
0: strange ways. It, Perks of Being a Wallflower was another one, I don't yeah. think. But I think that had more to do with a film adaptation than the book itself, bearing in mind that I consumed both of them as a teenager. Um, so I was looking through rose-colored glasses a little bit. But I do remember that when the film came out, I wasn't as impressed at all mm. um, with what went down as the book was. Yeah. But if we're talking about good representations, I've been really into Shameless lately. And oh, there's goodness. a character on there called Ian... And he is gay and he suffers from bipolar just like his mother does. And just the way that they treat it and the way that they um, represent his sort of um, manic episodes and stuff, and the way that his family helps him to deal with it despite all of their cool. own sort of like shortcomings in life and all of their own crap that's going on is really, really lovely to watch. Yeah. And
2: don't, don't help him as well. Which yeah. Just makes it really realistic as well. Yeah. There's lots of, uh, Ian's also in a relationship with another guy, of course, um, and his... It's sort of the, the demeanour between the two is that Ian's sort of the more feminine character. And <gasps> Mickey, I forgot about That Mickey him. is the sort of, he's like a tough guy who's, you has know, been in jail a few times and, you know, yeah. he's all toughened up and then... He was
0: closeted until he was with Ian, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah,
2: um, and then, spoilers again for Shameless, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch Shameless. Um, and, you know, his attitude is sort of like, oh, you have to deal with it, no pain, no gain. Yeah, and it's a really, yeah I forgot about that. It's sort of like a very realistic representation of some family members do deal with it. Mm. Um, Uh, Which is great in representation um, because it's really good to see, even though it's negative, like the true Mm. side of what some people, how some people deal with it. Um, Other good ones, I don't know, in the break we were talking about Room as well.
0: Room, yeah. I think
2: Room really tackles
0: it in a really uh, good way as well. The child in that film um, was fantastic. Yeah. What's Room about? How does that... Room.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: The room was, is very, very dark.
4: Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> so a girl is captured at the age of 17 and locked in a shed, soundproof shed, um, where a, the, her captor um, rapes her,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, every day. Yeah, wow. Well. Um, and then she eventually has a child by him, and the child is five when we come into the scene. So yeah. she's been in this room for seven years, and all this child knows is the room. So this, he's never seen anything outside of it, doesn't know about the world. He thinks that the people on TV, like, that's TV world and this is room. Um, and then, spoiler alert, um, eventually they get out. But that, I think, is part of, like, the trailer and stuff anyway. I don't know if that's a massive spoiler. but well, just It's
2: really great because it happens halfway through the film. It's yes. not the climax. It's, like, the... F- an inciting incident instead of the ending, which is Yes, good.
0: I love that. It's just a
2: movie review now, I think. <laughs> we're not even talking about the question anymore. But um,
0: the way that this child deals with it, um, and the way that his mother also deals mm. with coming out of the room, um, was very, very good. Apparently she suffered lots of shoes, she won lots of Oscars She or? won
2: an Oscar for yeah, she that won that Oscars. performance. Um it, it tackles a lot with a really like interesting thing with young people, especially since, you know, we're sin, we're dealing with young people all the time. Uh the idea of plasticity, plasticity, with mental health when you're very young—it's um, sort of how. But when you're a certain age, you stop. You sort of become—it's you sort of become fixed in your ways in lots of yeah. ways, and sort of mental health. And this film, you know, sort of tackles how this five-year-old, um, even though he's been in that scenario his whole life, he actually still has an opportunity to know something else and
0: have like a, a, a in quotes real life yeah. like you know it was yeah it was a very good film um should we move on to another question i think
2: so
1: yeah let's yes this, <laughs>
2: this is uh, a shorter question hopefully we won't uh, stick around on that question too long <laughs> but it is a very important question uh very snub nose as well uh how do you know if you're gay i think i might be but i'm not
0: sure i don't think this is just coming from me personally um, I'm bisexual, so I'm not even gay, so I can't actually speak on on behalf of anyone that is. Mm. Um, I guess you just have you you know if you if you're questioning like that's why it's LGBTQIA right like because questioning is is a real thing. Um, just go out there and. Give it a try. If you decide it's not for you, then it's
1: not for you. Exactly. I was going to say the exact same thing. It's just about, um, like, you're never going to know until you go out there and you figure it out for yourself because it's not going to just drop in front of you one day where you see, oh, okay, that's that's who I am. You know, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to live and experience it. And you might be wrong. You might be right. I don't know. Who knows? Like, you'll figure it out. Everything's
0: fluid anyway with sexuality. So, like, you could be gay and then you could find someone of the opposite gender or whatever later down the line it's all just a very big spectrum so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about it um if you yeah just go out and dip your toes in the waters
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm. and it's not like if you decide now yeah maybe I am gay you're stuck there forever I no. can totally change that down the down the road however you see fit um you can totally mold that to be whatever you want it to be and to fit you as a person yeah that was I, a lot yeah, more I don't than have the any, last question. My,
2: my sexuality is whatever, so I can't really any input there.
1: It's whatever, <laughs> like the same as fluid. Can we put them together and maybe? I think so. Just yeah, It's them? like,
2: just. Went, okay. <laughs> okay,
1: amazing. Um, yeah, I have
0: nothing left to add to that, unfortunately. The movie review took it out of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I just really, I watched Room. I really liked it. So did it's I. Had a great
0: time. It's on Netflix, by the way. If anyone wants to have I'm a go, we're gonna have to watch it now. Yeah. It well,
2: happen. I think it's so good that the author had the screenplay ready when really? she wrote the book yeah by the time before it was published she's like I've got a screenplay ready
0: that wow. is phenomenal that, so, that phenomenal.
2: have that confidence guys with your <laughs> sexuality and whatever it. just like you know have the screenplay, a screenplay written before the book's even done you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how you should look at your your sexuality I reckon
1: sweet alright let's head to a song now um, if you do have any more questions for us you can send them to the naughty Com forward slash ask and we're showing those on our social media as well if you um, you can't remember that URL. Next song coming up. This is too real. Nobody really cares if you don't go to the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty real.
2: I skipped a party to be here, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is I very left real. One early, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my God, guys, kindred spirits. Anyway, this is Courtney Barnett, and this is The Naughty Root Show. That was Flowed Away by Seth Century, and Nobody Really Cares If You Don't Go to the Party by Courtney Barnett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, coming up now, we've got an interview that I did earlier in the week with Jill. Jill, a lovely former Vol here at Asin Media, who did a seasonal show with another lovely former vol Maren. Um, and the show was called Come On, Get Happy. And it was all about um, tips for looking after your mental health. And um, they really delved into just like creating a space to talk about mental health and finding strategies to better look after your mental health and understand it. So... Here it is for you now, and uh, this is the Naughty Root Show. If you need help at any time, you can contact Beyond Blue at 1300 22 Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 or Lifeline on 13 Hi, I'm Erin on the Naughty Roots Show and I'm joined by Jill here. How are you, Jill? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for coming in. Um, Jill is here to talk to me today a little bit about her show with Sin called Come On, Get Happy that she made with Marin. Great show. Oh, thanks. I really enjoyed the show and it's really great to talk about mental health, I think, in any public capacity that we can here, especially at Sin. I wanted to ask you, what was
4: Come On, Get Happy all about for those who might not be aware of it? Come On, Get Happy was a seasonal on Sin Nation, our digital station that Naughty is also on. you, And it was all about um, mental health and young people, because I guess Sin is very much about young people. And around that time, um, there'd been a lot of talk about mental health recently in the media. Um, When we started the show, a report had just come out saying that, I think it was like two-thirds of young people reported feeling depressed mm. or um, in a consistent state of, like, low mood or anxiety, and we're like, that's kind of bad. Yeah, that's not good. Um, but it actually came out of um, – so Marin, who I was co-hosting with, it came out of an idea she had. She wanted to do – sort of a show about I guess like upbeat positivity you know how you can change your life it was very Tony Robbins her original (laughs) idea and then I came in and was cynical all over it and I need that balance yeah yeah I think it was a good balance because she was like this is great um here are some positive things and I was like here's the harsh reality (laughs) (laughs) well
1: you need that you need those two voices when you're having that conversation what do you think was the ultimate goal when you went in with it was it just kind of like we'll go in and have fun with it and see where it goes or did you have like a an ultimate ending that you wanted to achieve
4: um i don't think we had a particular goal in mind i think we just thought it was important to talk about and that not enough uh young people were i mean i feel like a lot of young people are talking about it to each other and especially like online on social media but they weren't doing so on a platform mm-hmm. of any kind Or, you know, maybe they just haven't been given that opportunity. Yeah, I was going to ask why you think that is. Why do you think it is that young people might not necessarily talk
1: about mental health in the way that we can?
4: Well, I mean, I feel like compared perhaps to um, older generations, maybe young people talk about mental health more. But I feel like there is still a stigma about mental health um, and mental illness. And a lot of people who have had issues um, with mental illness had problems as a result of that in terms of their schooling or their education or their family. That, again, makes it difficult for them to just, you know, come along to a place like Sin and be like, hey, give me a show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I get you.
1: Well, then, in that case, what were some of the highlights that came from making the show? What were some of the key moments for you that you remember and you look back on?
4: I really liked when we had guests on. So very early on, we contacted headspace and they have each headspace has like this youth advisory committee uh, made up of the young people who access the services currently or previously use them or are studying like psychology or things like that so it's quite a diverse group as well Mm. Um, and we uh, contacted our local headspace and uh, put in touch with a few of those people who were interested in being interviewed and I think it was really good to get that personal get those personal stories I guess and to hear those personal stories and I think a lot of people don't realise, like, I thought there was a, you know, a stigma around mental health and maybe it wasn't um, taken as seriously in terms of, you know, the funding required and that sort of thing as it should be. But I didn't realise how much there is still left to do. Mm. So, for example, one girl we spoke to, a bit of a trigger warning when I mentioned um, a suicide attempt in this story. So she was completing year 12. She was having um, a very rough time she had severe depression and anxiety and about halfway that's probably yeah about halfway through the year she um, attempted to take her life Mm. um, and had to be hospitalized Um, and her school had a policy that if you try um, and take your life that you're not allowed to retake the year so she had to do her year 12 uh, from hospital and she was given not a lot of consideration by her school in that regard in fact I felt she was almost punished for being ill do you know what I mean yeah that's interesting um and the fact that there's no sort of regulation from the education department about that being unacceptable was like I don't know blew my mind a bit I
1: guess that's one really big learning curve that you had to take on maybe um was there any other experiences or like was there any other things that you went through on the show that made you reconsider the way that we view mental health? Or just even personally, was there anything that you took on that was just a bit like changed your perspective as well as that story you've just shared?
4: I feel like every week I was learning so much. Um, To be honest, when I started the show, I was doing a lot of reading online in terms of, um, you know, what was being published in the media about mental health around that time accessing a lot of you know websites beyond blue and headspace and trying to see what information was out there and in terms of information i was like wow we are information saturation we all know like all can know with relative ease what you know what depression is or you know what bipolar is you know to a certain degree we can be we can do some self-education um but And I feel like in that way, you know, we've been very good in terms of improving awareness about mental health and mental illness and how how important it is to maintain your mental health. But that hasn't necessarily translated into action all the time. Yeah, right. And I thought that was kind of distressing.
1: Yeah, for sure. It is a bit stressful when you see how much action there is still yet to be done. Yeah. On the other hand, what was some of the more rewarding moments of putting the show together in your mind?
4: Uh, it was. It was. I guess it was really nice to put together. I guess um, like an educational program in a way. I, th- I think both marin and I felt that we tried really hard to have a balance of, you know, people sharing their personal stories and seeking out professional insights and opinions. So we contacted the head of Headspace um, for an interview, um, and we contacted some. Uh, like doctors and that sort of thing from you know Melbourne University and Monash and you know get their sort of professional opinions on you know how certain uh, mental disorders and things work and how that impacts people's lives and each episode we sort of had a bit of a focus so I guess some weeks um, it was more like uh, we talked about like housing one week, um, the effect of, you know, rental stress or family and friends. And we kind of went through these sort of thematic channels. Mm. Um, And I guess I felt like I learned a lot from making the show. And I hope everyone who heard it learned a lot from the show. Yeah. I think it's important as well, like just from a personal perspective as well, to n-
1: note that mental health can mean so many other things, and it doesn't have to be like pigeonholed into mental disorders and,
4: totally. and illnesses. Totally, yeah, it yeah. can be just everyday things that people can do to feel better. Yeah, yeah, self care was like a big part of the show, yeah. um, especially and um, body image as well came up a lot. Um, especially uh, just I, for me I've always found given that my body shape isn't really reflected as a positive in I don't know the media, in anything there's not a lot out there to work with Yeah. Right. and I guess Marin was really good at this because I would get bogged down really easily in the negatives and she'd be like oh you're talking about how all these things are really great and you're really validating and it's important to really validate a lot of different experiences and you know, body shapes and things you can do for self-care and that was, you know, a really good part of the show.
1: If there was one piece of advice that you could give to your listeners now that the show's over and as, like, an ending
4: piece of, like, a takeaway bit of information, what do you think it would be? And I, I feel like it's ironic. So when we were making the show, we actually only made about eight episodes because both me and Maren were got burnt out yeah, from right. making the show. Yeah. Don't be afraid to take your mental well-being seriously and to look after yourself and to talk to people if you need to and I still like relearn that all the time you know yeah yeah it's something that yeah you, you forget and yeah. it's like
1: oh I'll remember to do that next time I need to and then you and don't it's gone and it then, disappears yeah and
4: yeah. then you struggle town for a little bit <laughs> yeah it's pretty much like that
1: <laughs> lastly where can our listeners go to either here, Come On Get Happy for the first time or revisit it,
4: perhaps. Where could they go? We did some podcasting. So we had some on um, SoundCloud and it was just under Come On Get Happy. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Easy. You know where to find it. That's about all I have for you,
1: Jill. Is there anything else that you wanted to add?
4: No, no. I think we no. covered a lot. And I think you made a really good point that it's important to like also think about mental health in positive ways as well. You know, it's almost like your regular health you know you're in a spectrum of like well-being yeah. um yeah it's important to not just talk about mental health in terms of negatives yeah. yeah totally thank you very much for joining me here today jill really appreciate it oh it's been a pleasure
2: well that was a really great chat between jill Langford and erin jill who is
1: uh, i think an ex vol
2: i think she died, sin died. <laughs> yeah, she it. yikes <laughs> Rip. Nice. Rip Jill.
1: One of one of our favourites, so let's one of our favourites,
2: especially yeah. a close friend of mine, so that was really nice to listen to. Uh I think it's now to jump to some tunes. Yes. This first one is definitely a tune. Uh this is Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show. That was some parachute youth with Can't Get Better Than This, and before that we had Substance Therapy by Remy. <laughs> Good song uh now it's time to grab some of your questions which some of you did send in during
1: we did we got some new questions via our Tumblr we're getting more as we speak
2: oh my gosh
1: Tumblr we is love it flowing. Interaction. we love it it's so nice oh my God. um if you do have any questions for us at all you can send them to the forward slash ask where should we start gosh. How about this one? As someone who is very anxious 95% of the time, I find that I express my affection more as insults and digs at others. At what point does it stop
0: being playful and actually become abusive? Uh, Well, if you're someone like me, I don't think it ever stops. I don't think it ever... It either doesn't stop or it just becomes abusive. I think it's got nothing to do with you and everything to do with the people that are interpreting your behaviour. If your intent is not one of total maliciousness and you're not running around, you know, berating people over the head, but you've just got a very dry, sarcastic sense of humour, I think you can try to tailor to your audiences where possible a little bit, you know, be a little bit mindful of things that you might say or do. But in the end of the day, just you have to be yourself um, because otherwise it's just... I don't know, you're not going to feel comfortable, are you?
1: No, not at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I get in trouble for this all the time because I do have a very um, ruthless sense of humour, I would say. And, yeah, I do get in trouble a lot where I say things that I don't mean genuinely um, and people take them the wrong way. But I think there's only so much you can do to alter yourself before it's like, okay, I'm infringing on my own mm. natural... Authenticity. Authenticity and my own creativity as a person. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, just be mindful of your environment probably is what I would say. Mm. If you're at, like, your your partner's family dinner or something, maybe just keep it to a minimum. Um, You don't want to offend anyone. But if you're with your close mates, you know, they're going to know what you're about and they're going to know that you don't mean any harm by anything at all. As long as it's not coming, as you said, Lisa, from a place of um, resent or malicious intent at all, then, you know, I think you're fine.
3: I think also, like, if someone that you're... um, communicating with turns around and says, hey, can you cut it out? Like, Oh, that's when you stop, a 100% respect. Sure. Um, then, the, like,
2: pull yeah, yourself back. like, infringing that line is abuse in some yeah. senses, because, mm. um, you know, you're abusing their, um, not like, sort of their trust in lots of ways, because they've said mm. stop, so it's best to stop. Yeah. I think how personal it is also determines that as well. If it's something, you know, someone's told you in confidence, sort of ab- abusing trust isn't the best thing to do yeah. in Be that situation. With it. Yeah,
3: I definitely think I'm actually kind of the opposite. That rather than, like, when I feel anxious or insecure, rather than having digs at other people, I'll just dig at myself mm. and <laughs> do, Entralized. like, I'm the worst really self deprecating oh. humour, like,
1: all the time. Real. Um, yeah. Real. And I, I like, I'll do that sometimes, and then I have people. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because sometimes I like I have that sense of humor where I beat myself up and it's just kind of a joke and I just do it because I'd rather do it to myself than to someone else. Yeah. So I beat myself up, but then sometimes like I get in that really self-deprecating space if I am feeling a bit shit. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for me to draw the line sometimes. So some like when my best friends hear me saying stuff like that, they're like oh you know that's just error and that's fine but then like if someone who doesn't know me that well hears it they're like are you okay and that's kind of sometimes what I need to hear story of my life my
0: tongue I bite it so hard at work sometimes I think I'm going to bite it off because (laughs) it's just not the environment for those kind of jokes Mm.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. I think that question's kind of answered. Um, Here is a question we've had in. Hey, I am an odd person and I am often extremely weird. How does one go about being confidently weird as opposed to anxiously weird? And that one was from Connor. Thank you, Connor, for that question. (laughs) Thank you very much. What did we say during the break? Um, The word weird just needs to be removed from that. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Because I think that weird is sort of irrelevant here when you're talking about confidently weird or anxiously weird. Confidently anything or anxiously anything they're the keywords that you need to figure out and this is the mental health podcast not podcast this is a mental health it will be show. a podcast, it will be a podcast <laughs> soon um and all we can sort of try to do is give tips and tricks which we discussed earlier in the show but it's just about i think being comfortable with the person that you are and confident enough within that to put um Portray it onto what's the word I'm looking for? Project? Project. Yeah. Project it. Outwards into the world. I Mm. think so too. Yeah, just own it. Yeah,
1: just own it. I mean, everyone's a bit weird in their own way, aren't they? Really? Mm.
2: I'm just worried the weird they mean is like a certain kind of weird that's like not a very good weird. What Mm. do you mean? I don't I don't know how to (laughs) how to express this without hurting.
1: Like a bit different. Is
2: that what you mean? Not like just being different, but like being like, with actual problems. Okay. Because um, so I think sometimes that you do need help in some, some cases when
1: you do. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Um,
2: some severe mental problems sometimes. Well, I think, I
1: think in that case sometimes, I mean, the same, you, you've you just got to own it. You've just got to take what you're given in life, don't you? Mm. If you are in unfortunate circumstances, then um, you've just got to make the most of it and know that the people around you will love you regardless. Mm. is all I can say. Yeah, and it can be good to talk to someone Mm. as well. For sure. Um, That's a similar question. What about this one? I have a friend that suffers from depression and has been hospitalized for it for a few times. I like being there for them, but there are times when I disagree with what they think is best for themselves. Should I be more focused on supporting them in their decisions or encouraging them to get treatment that might do them good?
0: This is a tricky one, and I think it's a lot more common than people oh, realise, sure. this yeah. kind of a question. We've I've, we've been, all of us, in, I think, sim- situations somewhat similar to this. I mean, I personally have never had anyone that close to me hospitalised for these things that hasn't rectified their behaviour in some way. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I think, I mean, I've been in this
1: situation before, and I've, I've honestly, I've been on both ends, if, if I'm honest. And... It's the, As a supporter, there's absolutely nothing that you can do at the end of the day to make them change their ways. It, the friend of yours who's ill, um, that's completely on them. So don't feel any sort of pressure or onus to be the one to carry them and make them better because that's not your job. Um, that's pr- professional healthcare's job to do that. Um, You've just got to be that friend there who's there to support them and listen to them when they're ready. And it seems like you're doing that already. It seems like you are listening, and that you're, um, you're you're offering your support, however you can. Just my my probably concern, and it does sound a bit selfish, but it's honestly not.
0: I think you need to look after yourself first, as well. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to chime in and add, but I wasn't sure how to like yeah. properly word. I think it. you just have yeah. to be straight up. Like,
1: if you're supporting someone who is suffering from any sort of illness you have to remember that you're no good to them if you're burnt out so you need to take a step back and look after yourself before you're of any help to anyone and that's in any situation in life you know you can't look after your immediate family if you're not up to shape you can't look mm. be a good partner in a relationship if you're not 100% in you know
3: yeah a good um you mean have got for that like you know when you're on an airplane and they say you've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help anyone else there
1: you go yeah yeah Um, just keep doing what you're doing from the sounds of it just keep doing what you're doing and like don't make them yeah again don't make them your responsibility but offer them advice and offer them help and point them in the direction where they can get that help it seems that
0: they know where they can get that help from but they're just not willing to take it yet Mm. make sure you're living your own life as well though like not just looking after yourself but like actually living your own life and doing things for yourself um, Mm. because these situations can become very heavy and very consuming Mm. for people, um, which is, you know, too much of one thing is not necessarily good. Um, so while you're helping your friend, yeah, just make sure you're helping yourself.
1: Yeah, cool. Is that all? Cool. I think so. Thank you for your questions, anonymous askers and Connor. Um, really do appreciate <laughs> it. If you do have any more for us at all, any listeners, um, you can send them to the forward slash ask. We are going to go to a song now. And we're probably going to have a good cry while we're at it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Little no. Black Submarines Aww. by the Black Keys. And this is Naughty Rude here on Sin Nation.
2: Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. That was some Nothing But Thieves with Sorry. And before that, we had Little, Little Black Submarines by the Black Keys. Ooh. A double double set. Very sad songs. Yeah, sorry. Very good songs, though.
1: Yeah, yeah very good songs. Um, cool. So coming up. Uh, We got an interview that I did with Mel Kelleher, who is a psychologist who specializes in areas such as youth mental health um, and a a variety of mental health issues and illnesses in young people and children. Um, So I spoke to her a little bit here about how these issues might form and um, what we can do better as a society to better address mental health. So here it is. If you need help at any time, you can contact Beyond Blue at 1300 22 Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800, or Lifeline on 13 Hi, this is Erin here on Naughty Root and I am joined by Mel Kelleher, who is a trained psychologist. Mel, yes. thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Erin. Great to be here. We wanted to have a chat about mental health in young people and um, some of the work that you do. So basically, what sort of work do you do specifically and what are some of the things that you've seen as of recent with your your studies and your work
5: yeah um, well I've actually only recently graduated as a psychologist Um, I've been out um, for four years um, so I came into psychology quite late. So for your listeners, I'm actually 53 years old. I know I don't sound it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look it either. No, not at all. <laughs> can, can vouch that. No. The, the, the reason I got into psychology was because of my own personal experience. So um, since I've been out of uni, I've been working primarily in uh, schools. Both primary and secondary, and really, what I'm seeing there is, you know, a massive increase for in the need for people like me to be in a school. That the the number of young people that are now really trying to deal with major anxiety is on the rise, and depression in young people also on the rise, um, and just struggling um, with day to day kind of emotional regulation and those sorts of things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, what are some of the um, what
1: are some of the interesting trends and things that you're currently seeing or any statistics that you might be able to offer on what how young people are affected by these sorts of issues today yeah i don't
5: really have statistics yeah. and you know there's statistics and there's statistics yeah <laughs> and they can True. say whatever you like really um You know, from from being on the front line, I think I'm seeing a a massive increase in the number of young people who are struggling with really basic stuff, which is emotional regulation, um, relationships with other people. Uh, You know, we see a huge influx of information to young people. You're online all the time. Um, there is just so much information and it's available 24-7. So we are being flooded with information and how, do, uh, how does a young brain, which hasn't fully developed yet, know what to filter out and what to take on? Mm. Well, they can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone I'm sure is familiar with that voice in their head that talks to them all the time um, and narrates your life. If you're not familiar with it, you have one, so start listening to it Because it's really important to know that that voice is there. And what that voice is representing is your view of yourself, how you feel about yourself, how you see yourself. And if you're not seeing yourself as a good and positive person, then you're starting right behind the eight ball. And what I'm finding is that the kids seem to be lacking whatever it is that they need to develop that really healthy sense of of self. And it starts in childhood. But it really starts to come out once we hit puberty. Once puberty hits, uh, we get some hormone changes. <laughs> we, uh, a few things kind of change, and that's when we start to see these problems really arise. Sure. Where does that lacking come from? What generally with the
1: kids that you've worked with, is it okay for me to ask? Like, what sort of things affect people and eventually develop into potential mental health problems and yeah.
5: issues? Yeah. Um, Well I can go really big picture on this if you like Erin and it really does come down to the structure of our society which is a capitalist money driven society that puts people last and it's also a neoliberal view that says that the individual is responsible for themselves and from an evolutionary point of view that's utter crap. right we lived in small community groups we had to cooperate with each other in order to survive now that voice that's in your head it made sense then because you were only around 20 50 maximum of 100 people okay so that voice is making sure that you fit in with your tribe and if you get thrown out of the tribe you're not going to survive so it was a pretty important thing Mm. today Right? We're trying to fit in with seven and a half billion people, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. 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 You're no wonder that little voice has kind of got a bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder. Yeah. But then I'll bring it down a level. Okay. And it's also about, and this isn't blaming parents I think most parents out there are doing the very best that they can. It's the structure of society that is stopping them, giving the children what they need. In a hunter-gatherer society, in a a traditional and natural environment for a human being, most of these things happened organically as part of how we lived our lives. Children weren't torn away from their mothers at five and sent off to school. (laughs) You know, they were sitting there. There was approximately five adults for every child. So if the child cried, if mum couldn't get to it, auntie would or cousin would, someone would have taken care of the child. Now we we lock a mother away in a little box and she's got one, two, three kids. She's trying to look after some of them completely on their own. She has no time to be able to give the kind of attention that she needs to in order to develop that strong sense in her child of being loved, cared for, which builds our confidence. It's it's all about feeling safe and protected. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. To, I guess then to give things a little bit of a, a naughty
1: rude spin here on the show, we, we talk a lot about sexuality and relationships and identity. How are you seeing in your practice young people being affected or rather how does mental health affect these walks of life for, for these people, for young people?
5: Oh, I think it's many-faceted yeah. <laughs> when we come to sexuality. I think one of the things um, maybe your, your listeners might be interested in is you know, how girls are blamed for being promiscuous. Okay, So I think that if you're not getting the attention, and it's not just my opinion, there is some science behind this, uh, a, a child will get its attention however. right? It needs a certain amount, it's going to get it. Whether it's good, bad, doesn't care. Once we start to get into a a young adult or even adolescence, we become sexual, we get attention. We can actually use sex to get the attention that we weren't getting. So is that a bad thing or a good thing? I have no moral opinion on that. But I do think sometimes it has a downside to it. Sure. In that, you know, we're separating sex from the emotion of a human so, human sex is about having fun, but it is also about a bonding. Mm-hmm. you know so we normally would bond doesn't mean we only bond with one person by the way. Sure. <laughs> we can bond with lots of people, but maybe not too many, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah
1: do you think um with, with all the recent stuff about the marriage equality do you have you seen that impacting young people coming up with the the yes vote and everything? Have you seen any sort of shift in the way people think about that
5: uh, Oh Well, I'm very proud of Australia for the first time in my entire life, <laughs> happy to be an Australian, that um, you know, we had such a, a great result and I shed a little tear. Yep. Um, so well done, everyone, for voting yes. Yep, sure. um, at this point, I haven't really seen anything significant come out of this, um, except I just think that there is a, a nicer feel and an acceptance. And I guess the community can feel that they're accepted too. Yeah, On a level I haven't really felt before, it's really kind of official. You're okay, guys. (laughs) (laughs) For sure.
1: Um, Can we talk a little bit about why there is this kind of stigma around talking about mental health in young people? It tends to be this thing that young people – well, not so much today. I think think there has been a a dramatic shift over the years, but there is still this kind of weight on and pressure about talking mental health. Why do you think that is?
5: Well, uh, personally, I think it's ignorance. Yeah. Um, there is so much misinformation out there uh, that people are labelled, they are discriminated against. They, If you say you have a mental illness, people think you're stupid um, So, and that you can't actually be responsible for yourself in, in, in any productive way. So people don't want to admit that, that this is what's going on for them. Mm. But also in young people you know it's the first time they're experiencing these sorts of things and often feel very alone no one else is doing this it's only me (laughs) Um, so it's really important that we teach people to talk about this and teach people to talk about it in an educated way not having this you know all fear comes from ignorance and it is a fear that they're going to get hurt So traditionally what we've been doing, you know, the last couple of hundred years is we take our mentally ill off the street and we lock them away. We give them lots of drugs, which don't fix their problems, but make them incapable of calming someone else. If we go back further, you know, um, some of my favourite psychotics, the St. Francis of Assisi and... Joan of Arc, I mean, they used to be revered, Mm -hmm. made a saint. Who, Who is the oracle of Delphi, I I wonder? (laughs) I think that there is an evolutionary uh, reason why we have people that are more prone to these kinds of things that today we call a mental illness and we make up a construct of symptoms that we like to put a label on. But I think, you know, from an evolutionary point of view, we have to have different neurology in order to survive, You know, the sensitive ones, those out there with depression, right? We are so special, (laughs) okay? Yes, we feel our emotions incredibly intensely. And that means when we're sad, we're really bloody sad. But when we're happy, we're pretty happy. But what we do give is a love that no one else can give. And you know, sometimes the tribe probably needed that. Maybe in times of difficulty, when they're ill, we would have been the ones that came and would have been the caregivers. Right? As our people, schizophrenics, those psychotics, you know, being able to see things in completely different ways. But having said all that, <laughs> I still come back to the main cause of seeing such dramatic symptoms of mental illness is um, what's happening in society, not raising our kids, maltreating, adversity, trauma in childhood. So anyone who's out there who's got something going on from a mental health point of view, you know, there's probably a really good reason why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Yeah, that's great to hear. I also wanted to address maybe
1: the idea that um, people often, I guess some people might not, people are often reluctant to talk about mental health because they think it is these like big overarching illnesses like Mm. depression and schizophrenia and things like that. Um, And people often forget that mental health is like a daily practice. Yeah. What are some some of your hot tips for looking
5: after your mental health? Be your own best friend, Erin. Be your own best friend. Talk to yourself. Become aware of what that voice is saying to you because it's probably not saying really nice stuff. If it's saying you're a loser and no one likes you and you're fat and you're ugly, well, it's wrong. It's just dead wrong, no matter who you are or what you look like. Be your own best friend. Talk to yourself in a way that is positive and motivating and accept the parts of yourself that you think aren't acceptable because you were born the way you were born. You can't change it. So here's your life. You can accept who you are, go forth and enjoy, or you can spend your life trying to be something you're not. Practice it every day. Yeah, it's a practice. Yeah. And blow bubbles. Bubbles are awesome Bubbles are great I absolutely love bubbles And and what bubbles are actually doing from a scientific (laughs) point of view, Erin Is that it's actually forcing us to do what we call a slow, deep breathe And this is the key to practically everything I do I work with a lot of traumatised kids in primary school who have come from South Sudan Now, what the slow, deep breathing actually does is um, it's strengthening a part of the brain that helps regulate your emotions. So just like you don't make your heart beat or you don't have to think about breathing, it shouldn't be that hard to regulate your own emotion because your brain should be doing it for you. Mm -hmm. So when we've got something going wrong, we can assume we've got a weak bit in that part of the brain. The breathing actually strengthens it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, wow. So, breathing in really slowly and then breathing out as slow as you can. The outward breath is the one. So, blowing bubbles forces that. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of fun. Blow bubbles every day, I say. <laughs> oh, I need to get myself a bubble
1: wand of some Absolutely. sort. i oh, no, got to blow them. <laughs> a big one. Yeah. Fill <laughs> <laughs> your room with bubbles. That's just about all that I had to ask you about today, Mel. Is there anything that
5: you wanted to add? Look, I think that for the young people... This is a different time. Forget us oldies and forget all that psycho babble, and talk among yourselves. It's the most important thing is that you know you're not alone and that you can support each other and you'll probably learn more from each other than anyone else. But also know that there is help out there and sometimes adults can be quite helpful, even a psychologist. (laughs) We can be pretty helpful. Um, And sometimes, you know, knowing when you need to talk to help. Uh, sorry ask for help but um, talk among yourselves and you've got those sort of platforms to do that already you know get get that um, that brave courage out there to start to talk about what it literally feels like to to have a day-to-day experience of living with what we want to call a mental illness but you know what else we've got to come we've got to get a new word we need a new term <laughs> we do we do for sure <laughs> mel thank you so much for coming on the naughty rude show tonight you're more than welcome i hope i was naughty and rude enough for you <laughs> thanks so much
2: oh you sure that was very naughty and rude mel thank you naughty uh, rude. that was a really awesome package that erin did with mel her counselor yeah and that mel, was actually my
1: old counselor from high school back in the day
2: and now trained psychologist yeah which is cool
1: Awesome stuff.
2: We're going to jump to some tunes now. Uh, The first one being a fundamental song, How You Been, and then after that we're going to jump to the most iconic like a version of all time, (laughs) uh, the DMA's cover of Shares Believe. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. That was uh, the most tragic uh, like a version cover of (laughs) Shares Believe, and before that we had... Uh, the fundamentals with how you been. Yeah. Now it's time for some uh, Tumblr
1: cues. It is. Time You've
2: still been sending them in, I believe.
1: We've been getting lots of Tumblr cues. So thank and us tonight. So so much for all of these lovely questions. If you do have any for us at all, you can send them to the show Tumblr dot com forward slash ask. I don't even know where to start. Okay. That's how many we have. Yeah. How about this one? <laughs> sometimes I just don't feel like having sex especially when I'm down I'm worried I might be letting my partner down what can I do to feel better about the situation Talk about it
2: <laughs> please talk about it don't just like turn Carbarate. your back on each other or something and be like oh having sex Ooh, I'm, tired.
1: I'm tired I'm tired good. good headache.
2: Um, just
1: okay, sorry, yeah, we both used that excuse personal. a few times. I think we just so revealed in something really <laughs> I think we just revealed a really intimate detail.
2: Uh, yeah, talk about it. Don't make up excuses and just be like, "Hey, uh, I'm down." Or if uh, any any reason you don't feel like having sex with someone, just yeah, just talk about it. Don't like. Shrug it off as as something. Talk about it for sure.
1: I think if it's a relationship, one hundred percent, yeah, talk about it. If it's like a one-off thing, then you're not obliged to. I feel like you're not obliged to give that person any sort of like explanation, and you can you can leave any time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if if it is in a relationship, yeah, one hundred percent, have that conversation and just say, hey, look, I'm just not feeling up for it. And you know, if they turn around and go. Uh, uh, Then fuck them. Like, well, don't
0: fuck them. Like, like, don't fuck them. Because you don't feel like it, so obviously you're not going to do that. (laughs)
1: Don't fuck them, but fuck them. If that makes sense. loud and clear. Yep. Yeah, great. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Top-notch advice. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty... Yep. I've ruined the whole conversation now. (laughs) Next. Okay. Um... Sometimes with uni work and everything I have to do, I find myself so stressed out. What healthy coping methods do you guys recommend?
0: Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I am the hallmark card of Peas Get Degrees. Nice. And I am currently sat here with a pretty Bachelor of Journalism. Scrumptious. Um, shoved somewhere behind my desk of drawers. <laughs> that very expensive little piece of paper. Um and I'm loving life, you know? I mean, I've got some jobs here, some jobs still in hospitality. It's fine. So when uni's getting you down, you say, "You know what I'm not doing today? Not thinking about uni. Don't worry about it."
1: Mm. Mm.
3: Yeah, I think some of the strategies that we were discussing at the start of the show, like um taking a break, heading outside, getting some exercise in, seeing people that make you happy and people that keep you grounded um are all very valid things. Um I think as well something I keep in mind is what my goals are for myself um and rather than I find finding some tangible things that I can do to work towards those goals so if it's work if it's uni it's okay I've got three million assignments and I haven't slept and what can I do I set very small tangible achievable goals um that will make me feel good at completing them and Mm -hmm. that they are like able to be completed in the short period of time that i've got i find that really useful
2: mm. i think it's just take take one thing at a time yeah don't don't juggle it all at once because um, i mean technically you have to sort of juggle everything but do each thing one by one don't just literally be doing three things at the same time just take it easy
0: mm. the world doesn't actually end if you know you don't get as high on an assignment as you would have thought or you know whatever if you're just sitting there and forcing yourself through it and having the worst time at uni and stuff like it's supposed to be one of the best times in your life at the same time I'm not saying go out and party or anything but just you know take um take it as it comes like Paul said Mm. do what you can
1: yeah cool um here's a fun one to finish it off bit of a classic what's the most awkward thing to have happened to you guys during
0: sex (laughs) oh here we Uh, go uh, (laughs) who wants to kick this one off I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for this. Um, <laughs>
1: no one is. I don't think anyone ever is. That's the whole premise of an I'm awkward to situation. I'm um, I'm quite happy to say that I queef a lot, and Paul can yeah. attest to this. Yeah, it's it's very. It, I find it very awkward. No, it could be fun as. Nah,
4: it's (laughs)
2: hilarious.
1: It's not. It's a laugh. It's it's awful. And I'm like, make it stop, but it keeps happening. (laughs) And I can tell you now that it's like you get used to it. As traumatic as it is, you get used to it. As awkward as something might be during sex. If you're with someone who can laugh it off and you can laugh it off, then it gets better. That's the most relatable thing I've had in my life. Thank you. I'm leaving that all out there on the table. So you have to try and top me now, guys. I laugh
3: so much all the time. That you if laugh. my partner's not down for laughing, like,
5: it oh, can happen. I'm a
1: shocker as well. I do that too. I I'll be just like, just giggle lol. if I'm having fun. Like, yeah. yeah. Or I'll just
0: laugh at them, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I can maybe top it. Oh, uh, shit. So a few weeks ago, uh, I was at the club. And the club. Um, we all family in the club. And I uh, took a lovely lady home and we were she had told me prior like she told me prior she'd had a girlfriend and x y and z and obviously she was coming home with me for like a one night thing so it was all fine anyways we get down to the boogie of it and then I, she was I was like oh I think you got your period and she's like oh no this is so embarrassing well I was like oh no it's fine like you know go fix yourself whatever she comes back she's like um I don't think I have my period um I think you broke my hymen No. Uh. <laughs> Talk about awkward. Yeah. Uh, Talk about awkward. So yeah. Then there was the whole. This no, but this just opened my brain up to this whole world of like people literally have sex for years without penetration in some instances. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. it just made my brain become open to the fact of, like, whoa, so not everyone has sex the way that I have sex, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, talk about awkward moment in bed. <laughs> <I don't
1: know. laughs> There's a lot that comes with that because, I mean, like the whole concept of a hymen is so yeah. vague and, like, does it break really or, like – We'll
0: see, it, I don't know if I yeah. actually did, but the fact that that was the first thing that yeah, this lady wow. came out and said, I was like, oh, like, slaps head. Slap self
3: multiple times <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> wow i don't know i feel like i've had the classic one of like someone walking in or oh, yeah um yep <laughs> yeah just just straight up uh or i think we discussed it maybe last week of if you're listening to a playlist and then a song comes on that you're not expecting um the either awkward or like very visceral
2: response of yeah <laughs>
3: however you I was gonna to say something song. along
2: those lines for mine
3: yeah what was uh, yours a,
2: a death grip song coming up <laughs> during do we have uh, to talk about this no we uh. don't uh <laughs> I guess one of yeah one of I guess. it wasn't even embarrassing because I was you know just got up anyway but I over threw my balance and I fell off the bed once that's great that was great. I went I've tumbling over, fallen
1: off the bed. Before. Yeah, I feel like um. death grips is more embarrassing than. Yeah, it is falling a little over, bit for sure.
2: And singing along during as well.
1: Yeah, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh God.
0: Is that enough, everyone? Have we endured enough? Yeah. I think we've embarrassed think so. ourselves <laughs> enough here. Yeah. Awkward yeah, just just Let it live. You're listeners.
2: Like, this oh, was right. a
0: pretty painless show in terms of my personal humiliation, though, tonight. So mm. I'll yeah. give that last we, question a thumbs I up. So we should throw one in there yeah. just to make it just
1: yeah. a painful experience for everyone involved. <laughs> 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 it wouldn't be naughty rude if you didn't <laughs> expose a little bit too much about yourself. Pretty much. Uh, we'll have one more song, I think, to send us home. Um, this is Wellness by Last Dinosaurs, and we will see you on the other side of this one. Welcome back
2: to the Naughty Road Show here on Sin Nation. That was some last dinosaurs with wellness, and I think we're just about wrapping up the show.
1: Yeah, Yeah. we're all done. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you. If you're listening live, thank you. Um, We've got our end of season love party next week, Mm -hmm. and you're all invited. We're going to be bringing in as many hosts from throughout the year as we can fit into the building <laughs> it's gonna be a hoot yeah it's gonna be lots of fun we're playing some games looking back at some of our favorite moments of the year so um we hope to see you then listeners or yeah i'm not even gonna bother correcting that grammatically <laughs> um the podcast for this episode will be out during the week on omni itunes spotify and sin.org au uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at The Naughty Rude Show and on Twitter at Naughty Rude for updates. And um, send us a question during the week as well, and we might get a chance to answer some questions as we go out with a bang next week. Mm. Not an actual bang, but no. just, just a metaphorical maybe. bang. Well, maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we'll bring some of those like
3: party poppers and just let them off. That'd be cool.
1: Can we do that? I don't know. Maybe. I have to check with...
4: <laughs> you know, we'll get that approved. Have to, have to I check, check with the security. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, to send us off, I'm going to play a song. Lemon. It is called Lemon, and it is by... Is it Nerd?
2: N-E-R-D. It's Why? Because it's Pharrell Williams. that can do what he wants.
1: (sighs) Thank you very much for that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Okay. Anyway, this is our final song for the evening. Thank Mm. you for listening and stay tuned to Sin for the evening. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye. You can listen to the Naughty Roots Show live 8 to 10 p.m. every Sunday on Sin Nation.
5: So, so, so skinless.